Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, body image. It's a problem, right? We've seen what magazine covers and movies do to erode the self-esteem of our women and teen girls. Now, what about the 14-year-old boy who spends two hours a day bench pressing so he can bulk up? How body image problems are affecting both sexes. We're talking about it right after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. At least one American is among the 80 people killed this morning after a passenger train derailed in Spain. The train's driver survived the incident and is now being detained and questioned as officials investigate why the train was speeding around a corner. New York City mayoral candidate Anthony Weiner has lost his lead among Democrats after coming clean about intimate texts to younger women after he resigned his congressional seat due to similar actions. Christine Quinn is now ahead of Weiner by nine points. Prosecutors are offering accused Cleveland kidnapper Ariel Castro a plea deal, which does not include the death penalty. Two local TV stations are saying if an agreement is reached, it will be presented in court tomorrow. An open 55-gallon drum containing depleted uranium was found at a Miami-area airport today. Local fire crews say preliminary investigations show there was no lasting environmental impact. However, the origin of the drum is still under investigation. A House of Representatives committee is advancing a measure to end mail delivery on Saturdays and eliminate direct-to-door service as part of an ongoing effort to help costs for, cut costs for the struggling agency. However, the bill will likely face stiff opposition in the Senate. In world news, Egypt's military leaders are threatening to turn their weapons on Islamist protesters who have been turning increasingly violent. An ultimatum has reportedly been sent to the Muslim Brotherhood demanding the party agree to a plan for political reconciliation. As part of a visit to a muddy slum in Brazil, Pope Francis encouraged Brazil's youth who have been protesting the status quo recently to keep their sensitivity towards injustice. Injustice, excuse me. He also criticized the world's rich for allowing such vast inequalities to exist. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. And today we're talking about something oh so, so important, your body image. And uh, this whole show came about with Skyboy. One day, uh, Skyboy was walking down the hall, and he has a way of walking and flexing when he walks, which is an amazing thing because it's hard to breathe. That is nothing I can control. Really? I can't control that. That's just... That's just you can't, how big they are. You're just flex. You're not even it's flexing. Not, I'm not even flexing. Just it big. just looks like I'm flexing. Well, it actually looks like it's suffocating. <laughs> is that what the? Is that what you're going for? Is that the hot look? No, that's just what I have to deal with. That's the side effects. Is that being, why you wear those tight clothes? No, there's no clothes that fit. Wow, they're all just that tight. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Well, because you look like a medium to me. <laughs> so when well, you go to buy a you know a shirt, you don't have a size. Your size? I don't have a size. Yeah. I usually get the biggest clothes there. And... Now, Ben's looking over your shoulder. He gets like... the biggest clothes at child size. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you're a medium, not. A medium in kids. I mean, you're ripped for sure. Okay, so maybe I'm exaggerating a little. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because body image, it's a big deal. I mean, I look, look, I mean, not for me. Hey, you got it going on. <laughs> but for others, it's a big deal. Did you ever think body image was a problem for guys? 
Because we know it's a problem for girls. That's what they talk about. Ben? Yeah, um, actually, when we were talking about doing this show and I was looking around online for some information, I actually found someone who had written a blog who um, was saying that oftentimes when she writes about body image, people always associate it as a women's issue. Yeah, totally. But that in modern 21st century America, it's actually really becoming a problem with men, too. See, I think it's the it's the commercials, the infomercials. P90J-X. Well, it's it's that. It's the... It's the it's the superhero movies, yeah. You know, with Christian Bale yeah, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and all these guys with their shirts off and their crazy abs, right? You know, that well, doesn't that, help. That, that workout program called Insanity, and I said, "What right. are you doing? That? That's insane!" <laughs> no, my son's like scout group, his little church group did Insanity. And, What's the point? Well, then my I'm sitting at home. My son's doing Insanity with his friends. And he runs and he's like, I've got to change my clothes. I'm like, why? He goes, I just threw up all over the place. <laughs> but it, that's insanity. First time I did insanity, I threw up. Did you? What is that about? That's insane. I ate a quarter gallon of ice cream right before. Yeah, that's it. Though, so. Okay. Well, that explains it. Uh, there, there's your problem. Right? I mean, it's, a it's a causal expert. thing. He had to do insanity because he ate the that's ice cream. A lot of, that's a lot of um, cream in your body. Yeah. Man. But you threw up. If you're throwing up... Just to keep some nice abs, it's not worth it. That's it why you like, could go get them implanted, right? It seems like a strange marketing tactic to name your exercise program insanity. insanity. You will want to vomit. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. But it's selling. And I think that's part of the body image thing because we're seeing more abs than ever. <laughs> Just on TV. Which I don't know if that's a bad thing. I mean, Well, I mean, yeah, it is. Now, you you sure? think, now we think abs matter, right? Well, they're nice. If you got them. If you got them. <laughs> if you got them, flaunt them. If you don't have abs, you know, it's better to just be smart. Whatever happened to just having healthy intestines, you know? Yeah, That's why so we... much more valuable. <laughs> yeah, it's, but you don't have intestine issues. Like, I mean, you do, but you don't have, like, body Rob's self-esteem issues. So, Yeah. I don't know. It's just harder to show that you've got good intestines. Well, I'm just saying, you know, you work so much on that region and worried about the abs, yeah. but... The truth of the matter is, what if in the process of the abs, you neglect your digestive system? Yeah, there's a bumper sticker. <laughs> but it's that, it's that thing. People always talk about female, how the image of what a, a female should be uh, in terms of beauty has changed right. over the last 30, 40, 50 years, yeah. right? That is also true with men. Like I said, I mean, these guys in these movies now ripped with their abs. Yeah. Go back and look at like Sean Connery in any of the old James Bond movies. You know, he wasn't... He wasn't particularly cut. No, and know, now they wear those chest. suits. What are those suits called that um, are the tight, slim-fitting suits that the guys are wearing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Expensive suits? Uh, Under well, Armour? Well, but no, they have, now these suits are like skinny suits. You've, these guys can't have a gut or their, you know, their button would be ready to explode off their body. The guys used to just have a nice kind of more square-fitting suit. Now it's just body tight. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Uh, Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest is the epitome of the skinny suit man. Boom. You can't have a gut. You can't. Your go-to example is Ryan Seacrest? No, but he's the skinny guy. <laughs> he's the skinny guy. Hmm? No. What if you don't like those suits? What if when you sit down, your pants are too tight? It's all uncomfortable. That's why I won't have it. I like a gut. I like a gut to hang out. And I like your pants to fit. You got to be able to sit down once in a while. Body image, but we're being sold all this other stuff. So I don't like it. I don't like it. And apparently it's affecting the youth. I mean, it's always affected the young women, right? Now it's affecting the boys. Now the boys are getting into this. Yeah, this is from an article from the New York Times from November of 2012. 
Um, and it talks about a study that was published back in November in the Journal of Pediatrics. So, in mm. an academic, uh, an academic study, it did a survey. Um, more than, according to their results, more than forty percent of boys in middle school and high school. So, not even just high school, middle wow. school, said they regularly exercised with the goal of increasing muscle mass. Thirty-eight percent said they use protein supplements. Oh man, what percentage? Thirty-eight uh, percent of youth of, of, of men. This is young men. Or boys in middle school and high school said they regularly used protein supplements. That's crazy. And nearly 6% said they had experimented with steroids. 6% of the youth are roiding it up. That's not – see, when I was a kid, roids meant something different. And it's it, it wasn't popular. It was bad. And so – but kids are – it's a drug. It's an illegal drug. Yeah, um, and it's particularly damaging if you're a young person still going through puberty, yeah. still, your body's still changing. Um, per, the sur- uh, per a quote here uh, from a doctor involved in the survey, anabolic steroids pose a special danger to developing bodies. Uh, anabolic steroids stop testosterone production in men, which uh, obviously if you're still going through changes, if you're, you're going still through young, puberty and going you're through puberty your and your testosterone production. production stops, you are. What problem could that create? Yeah, really hurting yourself. Oh I, I think you're onto something with the tight clothes. I blame it on the tight clothes. Well, no, apparently, no, really, like bicyclists, right. that they actually have, it It impairs their well, testosterone Well, kids all roll creation. into junior high now wearing a t-shirt that's super tight so they could show off their abs yeah. or whatever. Hey, back in 1996, things were cool. Everybody wore the skater pants the and drank Mountain Dew. That's it. They could <laughs> just hide it. Yeah. We because, swung the other way. Yeah. Like the 90s but, were awesome. But back then. <laughs> the 90s were great for people with a pooch. Yeah. You didn't hear about men having body image issues no. back then. You know? Back then, you, you wanted baggy pants. you got to bring back the skater pants. Yeah. That's sad. But true. Uh, it's all about the style. So what else is in the study? What else are we learning about So that was, that was specifically about young men. But this problem actually of overusing some of these supplements uh, does affect girls as well. Um, are girls t- using protein again, powder? 20%, 21% of girls in uh, middle school and high school have said they use protein supplements. Wow. So a fifth. Yeah. Um, but again, 5% have said they've experimented with steroids. Wow. Steroids is a big deal. Yeah. So body image is out there. Let's, we're going to do a little informal study. Today in the studio, I have my son. Tanner Michael Townsend and his friend, his friend Zach Sperry. Zach and Tanner, come over to this microphone right here. Bring your camera. We're going to – so here we are, 16, and how old are you, Zach? 15? Do you guys feel a little body image pressure? I mean, be with your father, just for me, example, Tanner, um, <laughs> is it hard to feel good about your body when you have a body like your father's? Um, I hope not to have a body like my father's. <laughs> <laughs> That is so That's a good goal. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, But do you guys see it out there for real? Do you see abs and a firm, rock-hard body a big deal your age? Mm, Not for me at all. Not for you. How about you, Zach? Zach, you're probably more normal. Um, Well, there are a lot of people that are worried about their image. Are they? Where I go to school. It's like you want to look good. It's it's always been clothes. Clothes was important, but now you've got to have the right abs. And now you're popular if you're good looking and wear the right clothes. Yeah, that's kind of always been that way. But it seems like now. I hate it. I hate it. Do you hate that? I do. Well, I think you're popular and good looking. You're the most popular 16 year old in our family. Don't, don't <laughs> worry, Tanner. My mom thinks I'm cool too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be bad for him because he's like, hey, dad, I feel like I, I need new clothes. And yeah. he's like, okay, I'll take you to Eddie Bauer. Yeah, or we'll wherever. Go to, yeah, wherever. <laughs> get your cool clothes there. Let's get you some hip clothes. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Ed, Eddie Bauer, that actually does sound cool. 
Yeah, it was hey, really growing cool. up in <laughs> the more modest parts head. of Western America. It was Shopco, Kmart's cheaper cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shopco was great. Yeah, the uh, it's not better than Eddie Bauer, I'd say. Well, well, no, Eddie Bauer used to be hot. Did it? It's changed. No, <laughs> Eddie Eddie Bauer's hot. I once introduced myself at a wedding as Eddie Bauer to everyone, and I was a hit. <laughs> Were so, you a hit? He was a big hit. Is so, that really, Eddie Bauer. I'm going that, to a wedding this weekend. Maybe I'll just introduce myself as Eddie make Bauer to everyone. Yeah. That's right. See how that goes. Um, but it also used to be, you know, these kids. I have a five, you know, an eight year old now. But when he was five, he worried about his abs. Like, Dad, do I have a six pack? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you worried? But his friends have six packs. And I'm like, it's because they're not eating. If anyone doesn't eat, you'll eventually see their intestines. Skinny, uh, skinny six packs yeah. are like cheating. It is. They don't count. So, but there, <laughs> my son thought about that. I don't, I never thought of a six pack. I never thought of my body. I thought of a six pack of Dr. Older. Pepper, maybe. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but then I got older. So it was more of a high school thing. But my son's doing it at eight. Ten, it's crazy, and that's why I got Tanner into photography and music, because then they just worry about their eye, and their hands, and their ears, and their ears. Have you bought your younger son a membership to an exclusive gym yet? No, but can you imagine that? Hey, son, look what I, look what Dad got you—a weight set <laughs> for a little eight-year-old. Thanks, Dad. I'll pump it up so I can be big and strong like you. That's messed up. What are we coming to that are, I mean, again, and I feel bad for the ladies that have been battling this forever, you know? But it's weird because it seems like in a weird way, a lot of it was the ladies creating stress on the ladies because they judge each other pretty harsh. But now the guys actually are judging. I mean, it's got to be a ton of pressure to be a 15-year-old kid now that's not naturally physically strong like Skyboy. Sorry, you're not 15. 16-year-old. So, Sky, you're just naturally this fit, or do you just work out? And do you sit there and worry about your image? You're a college student. Well, we should probably be honest. I'm really not as as, uh, in shape as I made it sound. You've got veins popping out your arms. I think that's just... He's very vascular. (laughs) Very, very vascular. Nobody has more veins than Sky Boy. You are in great shape. I would say you and Bryce are the guys in shape. You're You're our in shape models. Well, thanks, Matt. But, I don't know. <laughs> so do you worry about it? Like, do you sit there and think, man, the ladies aren't going to like me if I get a little flabby? Mm, actually, I... Go ahead. Oh, I think it's worse. I think it's... You could skate the line. We're, I think me and me and Skylar are skating the line between, like, really in shape or, like, we don't even try. Like, you don't, so yeah, we're like, you don't know which one We're in the on. uncanny valley. Like, we're not in bad shape. No. We're not in that great a shape either. Well, we're in, funny, like, yeah. good enough shape. Good enough shape. Right. But here, here was my problem. When I was in high school, I played football, and my coach wanted me to gain like twenty pounds oh, yeah. during a summer. I couldn't. No, I've got the opposite problem, and and I don't like that as much. I, I have you a can't hard time. Gain it. I have a hard time gaining. Weight. Uh, see, we're, you're the guy we all hate. I'm Not sure. We, I'm but sure the women hate the girl that's like, oh my gosh, I can't gain any weight. <laughs> and you know she's gonna get beat up. Yeah, uh, I know someone. I won't name names who played college ball, football. And he would sit down every morning for breakfast with the team, and the coaches would be there. And the coaches would make the breakfast, like through the buffet, they would tell the player what to put on his plate. And then he had to eat everything on the plate. And they were trying to bulk him up 30, 40 pounds. And 
kill him. I remember reading the bi- biography when I was a teenager of Sean Bradley, who played basketball here yeah. at BYU, yeah. was the number one draft pick was um, to the 76ers or something. Yeah. Uh, it was like 7'6", but was just a rail. And I remember reading his biography that they would give him, you know, like 6,000 calorie breakfast and stuff like that to try and bulk him up because he needed to put on the weight to be a professional athlete. But not the rest of us aren't professional athletes. Like these kids using steroids, these kids using all these protein supplements when they're 15 years old. Like they're not professional athletes. And the odds are they're not going to be professional athletes no matter how much protein bars they eat. Um, So it's really problematic. So that's probably it then. It's probably the sport. A lot of it's the sports influence on these guys that you got to bulk up. You got to eat what the pros are eating. Use the protein power. Do the roids. I feel like powder. I feel like along with the sports, it's also got to be parents because how are minors getting a hold of steroids? I'm sure there's oh, like yeah. the juniors and seniors in high school who, you know, they probably have, they have the, a friend with a, the resources or even, you know, the their reasons for, you know, scholarships and stuff like that to, to go and get roids. Yeah. But like how are middle schoolers? They can't drive. How are uh. they going to... They're getting it, it from the seniors and the well, juniors. Well, maybe, maybe. But I'm thinking parents are probably a more it, likely reason. It does seem like 6%. I mean, that seems high to me oh, yeah. in terms of kids using steroids. But when you think about how normalized it is yeah. with professional athletes, there's an entire 20-year run of baseball where we know everyone was using steroids. Who was just banned? Who was just banned? Uh, 60- Ryan Braun from the, Ryan from the Braun. Milwaukee How many uh, games? Brewers. 50-something games? Like 64 games, yeah, rest of the season. So... <sighs> When it's normalized, when we know that there's these professional athletes, heroes that kids look up to that are using steroids, when we know that all the action movie stars and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and all these guys are also admitted steroid users, I mean, we've normalized it in society, so these kids think it's normal to be using steroids. And and it's, you know, you're young. You know, you can do roids for a while, and then it'll... I've had clients that came in, and the wife... Just basically laid down this list. I don't know. He's just been really weird. He got really into fitness. He's getting in better shape than he's ever been in his life. He's ripped. He's always angry. He's got acne on his back. And we haven't been able to have kids. And I'm like, okay, he's on roids. No, I don't think it's that. It's one of these things we don't talk about, but he's on roids. The guy's on roids for sure. I even asked, so who's the problem that can't have the – oh, it's him. It's – yeah, his testosterone or his sperm count is so low and they're kind of deformed. And I'm like, he's on roids. Your man's on roids. Guess what? He was on roids. And he was on roids all through high school. Guess what for, though? To be a gymnast. Ripped gymnast. Wasn't a big athlete. Gymnast. Boom. It's everywhere. Body image. Think about it. Do your kids have it? Do you as an adult have it? Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not taking my shirt off at that that uh, pool party. I'm not going to do it. You don't want to be the big guy with a shirt on at the pool. That's very telling. I take my shirt off, but I'm trying to save you all from problems. Um, We're going to talk about it. Body image. We're going to be bringing on an expert and our own Bryce Tobin. I think he's got the rant of the month is coming up. I think we lit a fire under... Bryce on this one. You are listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Will a science fair project of today become the motive power for jets of tomorrow? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. They float like soap bubbles without a sound. Little demonstration vehicles made of balsa wood sticks, wire, and kitchen foil called ionic lifters. 
While they've been around for decades, they never stop inspiring people by their spooky levitation act, powered by 30,000 volts of electricity. But are they doomed to always be nothing more than toys? Researchers at MIT looked into it recently, wondering how the efficiency of an ionic lifter compares to that of a jet aircraft engine. In a typical lifter, more properly called an electrohydrodynamic thruster, high voltage on the top side causes ions to rush from the negative pole down to the positive. These ions bump into air molecules on their way, creating a wind. You can feel that wind coming out of an ionic room air cleaner in your home, which uses similar principles. MIT says their ionic thruster produces 55 times more thrust per kilowatt than a conventional jet engine, cleanly and silently. The problem still to be solved is the weight of a high-voltage power source required to make a practical aircraft engine, or UFO, out of ionic lifter technology. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Get recharged at BYU Education Week. There are classes on parenting, science, how to change anything, how to run a business, how to grow a garden. Education Week classes run from August 19th to the 23rd. To register, visit us online at educationweek.byu.edu. I think anything you'd ever want to learn and know more about is offered here. BYU Education Week thousand ways to renew, refresh, recharge. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about body image and uh, the impact it's having on our youth. You know, the concern, the just the just the self-esteem issues about, you know, having to deal with your body. We've all got one. And you know, it's funny. They don't seem to, they, they, you know, they got to emerge. They take time to grow. So that starts to create this weird, weird thing. And then on top of it, we start advertising that there's all these special workouts. So our own Bryce Tobin has put together a little bit of a rant. I think he's taken on workout, workouts. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. I spend too much time at gyms. Early on in my life, I realized that I have a body type that makes the phrase skinny like a rail sound like a bit of an understatement. So if I want any hope of maintaining my mannish figure, I better exercise. Now, when you spend so much of your life dealing with the fitness world, you get to see the fads come and go. And you know what? There are a lot of dumb workouts, or in the very least, a lot of dumb ideas about exercise that are just cringeworthy. For dudes, it's all about the lifts. But for some reason, guys keep getting it in their head to do multiple things while lifting. I mean, I get the train of thought. If lifting gets you into shape, then double lifting gets you into double shape. Yeah, bro, if you lift while you lift, all your dreams will come true. For example, you know those big rubber yoga balls? There's a very good exercise in which you stand on one of these. It works a lot of muscles, especially the stomach muscles that control your balance. And even though most of us hate them, we all know that squats are one of the best workouts you can do. Well, I saw some guys take a bar, put some weights on it, then one guy put the weight on his shoulders, and then he stood on a yoga ball to do what I can only describe as suspended balance danger squats. At some point, everyone in the gym stopped working out and started watching. I turned to some guy next to me and said, should I call 911 now? or see how this plays out. And he said, why bother? When this goes wrong, you might be doing the gene pool a favor by not calling an ambulance. Well said, sir. 
This is only one example, but guys modify workouts all the time. And I think the first problem is that because some guys are so in shape, they'll think their modifications are working. Frankly, I don't think it really matters what you're doing. Moving heavy things around for two hours, three times a week will get anyone into some kind of shape, regardless of technique. I once overheard a personal trainer showing someone this new way he'd figured out how to work out and how it did a really good job working his scapula. One more time on that last part, working his scapula. Truth be told, he really must have figured out some new exercise technique because he somehow figured out a way to work out a bone. But don't worry, dudes aren't the only ones. I was having a casual conversation with a friend about exercise a while back. Things were going just fine until she said, I really want to try this new blank workout. It's supposed to be really good at burning belly fat. Uh, I don't even... What? You know those times when someone says something and it's so asinine that it makes your jaw drop? Well, have you ever experienced the head trauma that occurs when the force of your dropping jaw is enough to slam your head into the ground? Because that's what happened to me after my brain interpreted that sentence. Burning specific areas of fat isn't a thing. It laughs in the face of all science. It's known as spot reduction, and it was disproved in 1971. It was also re-disproved in 2007. Fat burn is generalized. It happens everywhere at the same rate. There are no shortcuts. Or what about how women are always doing some kind of synchronized line dance exercise fad? Remember jazzercise? There's Zumba, but let's not forget about cardio ballroom, disco abs, stomp aerobics, Himalaya's Bollywood dance workout, I'm sure I pronounced that name wrong, or tribal energy cardio with traditional Western African dances. And somehow, when a new one of these emerges, it's always better than the ones that came before it. How can that be? It's easy because it's all in your head. Yep. It's all about distraction. Nobody likes working out. And thinking about how much you don't like working out while working out is the best way to ruin a workout. So instead, we make up these ridiculous dances to keep us focused on the dance moves and the novelty of it to keep our brains from thinking about how much we'd rather not be doing a workout. The dances aren't somehow better. One of them just distracts you better than the others. And from this, I can only conclude that sometimes people are so desperate for a solution that they'll essentially suspend all rational thought and believe in magic. And there is no magic in this world. Every time people suspend rational thought, we get the next batch of dumb workouts. So please, stay rational. It's for the best. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Um, okay, for real. You may not have heard of this one, but there's a thing I've been doing called llama corn racing and you get a llama corn which is a breed between a a mix between a llama and a unicorn and you ride it um, standing on it while balancing a um, a barbell okay and it's it's highly aerobic it doesn't Olympic sport I'm sure it will be (laughs) in like the 2080 Olympics but um, you don't think that that's rational I think while I'm sure it works a whole lot of muscles, I think you could achieve that faster, safer, mm-hmm. um, and less ridiculously uh, by doing other things. Just a thought. It's a good point. Just a thought. Bryce brings up a really good point that there's all these crazy exercise routines and all these crazy diets, but there's a reason that just eating right and yeah. lifting weights like standard yeah. weightlifting procedure has been around for so long. It's because it works. Yeah. Like it's not brain surgery. Right. There's the principle. Just eat right and exercise, and you'll lose weight. If you eat at Wendy's two times a day and don't exercise, you're going to gain weight. That's just, it's not Hold like it's not that. It. Back that up there, fella. <laughs> Is that what it does? But that's it. See, those are the principles. So the principle would be uh, aerobic exercise, some form of it, even in moderation. Eat healthy, moderation, hydrate. There you go. The answer. But the bigger problem, maybe it is that maybe this is all tied back to the body image idea, is we want to belong. 
I want to belong to the yoga Zumba whatever thing. Cardio crew. ballroom. Cardio disco at I want to belong class. to that. And that's a group in the spin class. And they're, they're there and they motivate me and they keep me there. But maybe what we get into. And then we sit there in a room comparing our body to everyone else in the room. Oh, and then you hear the one guy who's in really good shape, and he's like, yeah, man, I've been doing this, like, super squats with, you know, ankle weights and all these things. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I need to get some ankle weights now. Yeah. I think it's all marketing. But then it goes back to this deep human need to belong, to it's look good. It's like, you know how the gym, there's those mirrors that go, like, every gym has <laughs> yeah. mirrors that go all the way uh-huh. around? I used to go work out at this gym. And there would be this guy there every night at the same time I was working out who would always do his weights right in front of the mirror and just slowly – he would everything yeah. he would do super slow and then stop and then admire himself. He would yeah. always wear the same yeah. really, really thin Rob? tank top. Was that Rob? Yeah. Sanders? It turns out it was, it was Rob Sanders. I, can't, I, can't <laughs> I, I could lift weights, but I couldn't do it looking at myself because I'd just get so by sidetracked and just be like, i got to stop. Like, I need to go home. This is making This is sick. not the place for me. <laughs> it's not working. Body image. We're talking about it. And there's a lot to it. When we get into the exercise, in fact, who better to have than our next guest? Dr. Martina Cartwright's going to be join us, joining us. She's done it all from nutritional science to medical education to scientific research and the pharmaceutical industry. She's going to be able to help us unleash and open up this issue of body image, how to create a healthier body image. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. On Talkworthy, host Kim Power Stilson chats with experts about topics of interest. And it seems like everyone learns something new. Yeah, and I think that was interesting too because there are some there were some courses in Scotland when I visited that did not allow women golfers, but not no longer. Really? Yeah. See, I came down to this show to learn more about it than you did. <laughs> Talkworthy airs weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Authorities now believe speed was the main factor in a deadly train crash in Spain this morning, which killed 80 and injured at least 140 more. Based on security camera footage, the train was traveling at twice the speed limit around a tight corner. Following revelations, he sent intimate texts to young women after resigning his Senate seat due to similar actions. New York mayoral candidate Anthony Weiner has lost his lead among Democrats, dropping nine points behind Christine Quinn. Prosecutors are offering accused Cleveland kidnapper Ariel Castro a plea deal, which does not include the death penalty. Two local TV stations are saying if an agreement is reached, it will be presented in court tomorrow. Republicans in the Senate are working to preempt any offers to any attempts to offer Detroit a federal bailout after the city filed for the nation's largest municipal bankruptcy ever last week. At least three amendments have been added to spending bills being considered in the Senate, which would limit the government's ability to intervene with cities in financial crisis. A House of Representatives committee is advancing a measure to end mail delivery on Saturdays and eliminate direct-to-door service as part of an ongoing effort to help cut costs for the struggling agency. However, the pill will likely face stiff opposition in the Senate. In world news, Egypt's military leaders are threatening to turn their weapons on Islamist protesters who have been turning increasingly violent. An ultimatum has reportedly been sent to the Muslim Brotherhood demanding the party agree to a plan for political reconciliation. 
As part of a visit to a muddy slum in Brazil, Pope Francis encouraged Brazil's youth who have been protesting the status quo recently to keep their sensitivity towards injustice. He also criticized the world's rich for allowing such vast inequalities to exist. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. P90X is the best home workout system ever. You're going to be burning calories, working muscles you didn't even know you had or wanted. You're going to be moving up, down, left, right. You might even give birth. I don't know. It's happening. You're going to want to die, but you'll thank me when we're done. The thing is, you've got to bring it every time. Don't say I can't. Say I presently am incompetent at this thing. The X stands for extreme. Okay, you've got to bring it. P stands for pain. Extreme pain. By the end of 90 days, you're going to look like a completely different person. You might change genders. P90X. I hate it, but I love it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. That segment comes from our our BYU television uh, show called Studio C, which is just a really funny comedic acting troupe that puts together some uh, some really funny scenes. One of them was the P90X commercials. You've all seen them, and it's not just P90X. We don't want to just pick on them, but there's a lot of programs out there trying to sell you the importance of body image, and you sit there for minutes, hours, some of us watching these infomercials with people's abs just dripping sweat off of them, and you think, hey, I could do that, and then you do, and then you know, it gets ugly. So then it impacts your self-esteem. So today we're talking about body image, and we've wanted uh, to talk about this for a while. It's now impacting our children. The guys, the young men, as well as the young women are now struggling with this body image idea. So we're bringing on a great guest today. Dr. Martina Cartwright is joining us. Now, Dr. Cartwright has more than 17 years of medical education, scientific research, and clinical experience from both an academic perspective and the pharmaceutical industry. She's earned her PhD in nutritional sciences and biomolecular chemistry from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She's also a registered dietitian and currently is an adjunct faculty member at the University of Arizona. She's the owner of Beacon Science Incorporated in Scottsdale, Arizona. So, Dr. Cartwright, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, and good afternoon. It's great to talk to you. Good afternoon to you. It's uh, this body image thing. It's not a new issue, is it? It's been around forever. It has been around for a long time. In fact, some of the first studies date back to the 1960s. But if you look further in the literature, as far back as the 1930s, there have been some indications that body image has always been an issue for people. Now, because well, that's important to know, because the body, our body, uh, I guess the ideal body type has changed a lot even since the 30s or 60s. It has a great deal. I mean, if you think about some of the images of Marilyn Monroe as a sex symbol back in the 1950s, right. she would be considered fat today as compared <laughs> with uh, some of the models that are out there. Yeah. I mean... So, okay, so this is probably telling us it's maybe more of a psychological thing than anything. Absolutely. I mean, essentially what body image is, is a person's experience or their perception of their own body. So sort of like their mental picture. And that's heavily influenced not only by other people, but also by the media. So yeah. as media images change, so do a person's perception of their own body. Well, so that's interesting. If the, if the ideal body type is constantly portrayed and then you go get dressed in the morning and your body doesn't match that type, you're going to start getting some negative feedback. 
Absolutely, and in fact, body image dissatisfaction has escalated to all-time highs, particularly in adolescent girls, because they dislike certain or all of their body parts. Oh, my heavens. And um, it's it's a problem. I mean, it seems like it would be an obvious thing to know is a problem, but, but really, what is... What's the downside to being so dissatisfied? Well, it really does have an impact on self-esteem and how people um, portray themselves, particularly even in a um, professional manner. So um, objectifying themselves or trying to fit into clothes that are trendy but not really suitable for their body type right. may cause them to suffer you know, in a professional standpoint or even in personal interactions. They're dressing not for themselves, but for somebody else. Yeah, for what society or for what. But it's also interesting how, I mean, just spending some time recently at some very popular amusement parks, um, it's very obvious to me that some people aren't getting a good feedback loop for how their body actually looks. They're wearing clothes that just the same people. You know what I mean? I mean, I I mean, some things make sense on like, I don't know, a 12 year old girl that shouldn't be on a 45 year old grandma. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the parts of the culture that's most concerning is that we idealize youthfulness, mm-hmm. and so people are trying to get either youth in a bottle with potions and creams and so forth, or a youthful attitude based on the way that they dress. But um, what's also shocking is that they are making thong underwear for kids as young as four and five yeah, and advertising what, that. I know. What is that? I mean, seriously, what are we saying? You know, it goes back to, I think, a lot of objectification, and um, I've done a few articles on uh, childhood pageants, and I've seen this firsthand, where the children are dressed as adults and are taught to be adults, um, or at least dress like them in a, in a flawless appearance, and that can really have an adverse effect on their uh, self-perception hmm. and body image. That's so amazing. I mean... When you look at – and then media is so per, pervasive, and then now we have all the social media where we can even, by ourselves in our own homes, put together images, you know, these selfies, and take a picture of ourselves and then promote it to everyone in our, in our circle of influence. It's, it's almost like we're not, getting, we're not getting healthy feedback anymore. We really aren't. And think about what's been in the news lately, um, the selfie pictures of Geraldo Rivera or, if I must say it, Anthony Weiner. Yeah. So a lot of that has to do with people's perceptions of themselves, but also, in fact, objectifying themselves. So that can lead to depression and self-esteem, and it, it's sort of a, a cyclical loop there. Do you see a difference? Like earlier in the show, we talked about the young men, the youth, uh, and how about 6% of young men claim they've used steroids. 40% of men, uh, young men have used um, the powders, the protein powders, in order to, to change and help their physique. Do you see a difference in the body image of how men per- perceive it, these young men, and versus the young women? You know, I've really started to see that within the last five to ten years amongst some of my college students. And when I ask them about some of the reasons, part of it has to do with uh, what's going on in professional sports and how they want to emulate some of their role models in professional sports. Right. But the other thing are these men's health magazines and how popular they've become. And you may have a man that's on the cover that has these perfect six-pack abs, yeah. and that's what they want to have, too. They, want to, they, they think that that's the image of a man. Yes, 
And uh, what's interesting is that plastic surgery rates amongst men have also increased, and there's now a six-pack shortcut, which is essentially an implant of six-pack abs. So I'm getting a view of, like, Homer Simpson having a six-pack ab. (laughs) Well, I mean, do they just... I mean, at some point you have to remove fat, don't you? I mean, at some point you got to get down to the ab. You would hope so, to a degree, yes. <laughs> and then they they sit they sip these uh, implants in just above the skin, and it makes it look like they've had um, they've been working out for months. Oh my heavens, that is just like I like to. I don't want to go that far. I just kind of highlight mine with a marker, and I just I because I, I, it almost feels like if you draw the lines, it will almost shadow right, and it'll appear like you've got abs. Well, interesting that you bring that up because not too long ago on the program Dance Moms, the uh, I remember, yeah, yes, they were required to paint their abs on. These are nine-year-old <laughs> girls. Yeah, and then we wonder why they have body image problems. Exactly, and I, I think the media is really doing a, a disservice to our youth in the sense that these pictures are unachievable. I mean, uh, any more media images are airbrushed or trimmed or enhanced in some way, but it goes way beyond what's normally expected. Um, you see flawless appearance and just something that's certainly not achievable, but people think it is because they see it every day on their magazine stands. Well, and again, that men's magazine is for men. And yet a boy is seeing it. A teen is seeing it. Uh, you know, a prepubescent boy might even be seeing it, just solidifying those body image standards that aren't realistic. You know, and one of the things that goes along with that is being popular. I mean, girls would do this to look, um, you know, to be popular and to look good for boys. And now boys are doing it because they think that this is what girls expect them to look like. Uh, and then all of a sudden we they spread the... The the rumors between themselves, they're even taking pictures of themselves and sexting or texting, and it's getting out there. I mean, it's it's changing, it's changing the game, and, and I guess what it's doing is it's just taking something that's gone on since the 30s, um, or I mean, it's probably gone on forever. We've always been probably comparing ourselves to others and, and with a desire to match up physically with the ideal standard. It's probably Darwin, right? Um, I, I would think so, and, and what's interesting is if you look at some of the ads from the late 1800s on weight loss, they would advertise for things like sanitized tapeworms or corsets for geez. women to keep their waist nice and skinny, because that's what was expected. A sanitized tapeworm. A sanitized tapeworm. Well, see, today that would be a minty-flavored sanitized tapeworm. Yes, with extra vitamins. <laughs> with extra vitamins. Light. They'd call it light. I actually served abroad. I did a, a mission, an LDS mission in Argentina, and I had a tapeworm. I actually had two, and their names were Slick and Slider, and they were great friends. But they And they did keep you skinnier, but they also kept you sick. And it's, but in the 1800s or 1900s, why not? A little uh, sanitized tapeworm. Or a corset. I mean, the corset itself was a torture device for women to make sure we got the right shape. And again, it was heavily influenced by advertising, media, uh, pictures, and what was considered to be trendy for that day. That is so... uh, It's just such a big deal. Well, um, we're going to take a break. We're talking with uh, Martina M. Cartwright, uh, who's a Ph.D. and a registered dietitian. She's been studying this for years. She's also a, a faculty member um, down at uh, the University of Arizona. Wonderful, wonderful guest giving us some insight into this body image issue. We're going to take a break. When we come back, 
We're going to pick her brain, find out a little bit more. Why does this happen? What else influences it? We're also going to get into the idea of how do we cultivate a healthier body image for ourselves and our children. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Listening for leaks shows how working with NASA innovators can make existing products better. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. When NASA's Kennedy Space Center faced a problem with hydrogen leaks on the space shuttle, they turned to a product made by UE Systems Incorporated to track down the tiny pinhole leaks. UE's device detects the ultrasonic shriek made by gas or liquid escaping from a pinhole. And it's as sensitive as a dog's hearing, maybe more so. Only there was a problem with using the device to scan the shuttle's plumbing. It had to be used close up to work, and some parts of the shuttle were too inaccessible for the instrument to do a good job without putting the user in danger. NASA engineers quickly developed an attachment for the ultrasonic device that doubled its useful range, solving the immediate problem, but also creating a new business opportunity for UE systems. Recognizing the potential for the improved device, the company licensed the improvement from NASA for their ultra-probe line of detectors. The devices can track problems in ball bearings and find electrical shorts by the noises they make, not to mention saving millions of dollars by eliminating compressed air leaks in large factories. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Richard and Linda Iyer. Hello, listeners. Have a unique perspective on life. I was going to do this show from underwater. But when it comes to parenting, they always know just what to say. And after writing over 20 books on the subject, they are more passionate than ever about helping people raise happy families. It kind of makes your whole life more vibrant. Join Richard and Linda for Iyer's on the Road weekdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about body image and the impact, you know, of everything. The the marketing companies that are selling the right or the proper image, just everything that's impacting, even our own parenting that might be getting in the way. Our diets are different. There's pressure out there. So we've asked Dr. Martina Cartwright to join us. Dr. Martina Cartwright has been working on this for years, 17-plus years in medical education, as a researcher as well. She also has a lot of clinical experience um, in the pharmaceutical industry and from academia. She's earned a Ph.D. in nutritional science and biomolecular chemistry from University of Wisconsin. She's a registered dietitian, is on faculty at the University of uh, Arizona, and... She herself um, has her own website. You got to go check out her website, martinacartwright.com, where you can find out more information, see the article she's contributed to, some of her consulting services. But she she knows what she's talking about when it comes to uh, body image. And so, Dr. Cartwright, again, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for approaching this really important topic because um, we're starting to see more and more kids at younger and younger ages being concerned about their own bodies. I mean, it's something that it shouldn't even dawn on them till a certain age, you know, when they need to come 
of age with their body. But, I mean, a little kid's picking it up just watching some of these shows. Absolutely. And I've heard toddlers three, four, five years of age say, if I eat that, that's going to make me fat. And you think, okay, where did this kid get this from? And some of it has to do with fat talk from some of the parents being disappointed in their own bodies. And so a child hears a message like that and thinks that they need to be concerned. So that, um, let's talk about that, because as parents, we may not even know how impactful those words are. It's true. I mean, oftentimes we'll say an offhand comment that, you know, we're having a fat day or something like that. But children are like sponges, and they internalize some of these messages, and they're constantly looking for parental approval. So if mom or dad is dissatisfied with their own bodies or if they have an obsession with dieting, for example, then the child has a tendency to pick up on some of those habits and behaviors. The, the um, Just the simple little language we use. What are, what are some words we should be watching out for? Well, I, you know, it's not really so much the words as it is the context. So having family meals, I think, is important. Um, eating a wide variety of foods as a family. Um, kids that eat mealtimes with their parents tend to um, have fewer dietary issues. And avoiding what I call fat talk in front of children, um, particularly adolescents, too, that are at that sensitive uh, puberty age yeah. where they're already preoccupied with their body and how it relates to being popular. So just avoiding things like talking about diet, talking about how fat your thighs are, avoiding swimsuit season and that kind of thing can really be detrimental to the child's uh, self-esteem uh, if it's constantly harped upon. Yeah, because all of a sudden in their mind, is this idea of weight and uh, proper weight and instead of, I mean, concepts of health and teaching the importance of health. Exactly. And, and kids live for the approval of their parents. So if they feel that their body isn't up to what their parents think it should be, then they're constantly going to be disappointed in themselves and perceive that their parents will be disappointed with them. Did you see that recent study out um, about adults that make comments about their age um, like, oh, I'm getting old, then how that refers to actually it's maybe a reference to somebody's own sense of body image that their body is a body of an older person instead of a body of a younger, healthier person. Did you see that recently? I, I did not see that recently, but it doesn't surprise me because, again, youthfulness is something that people want in our culture. And I think that's causing this obsession not only with dieting, but also plastic surgery. And making comments like that um, can certainly have an effect. And, and thoughts are things. So if yeah. people perceive themselves as being old, then that's how they're going to feel about themselves. Well, and earlier we got into this idea of, I mean, you, you know this better than anybody, I'm sure. So educate us. As a, as a medical kind of education specialist, as a pharmaceutical specialist, as a nutritionist, I mean, we can sell a million different tricks to get healthy, but it seems like they're really all based on a few principles. They are, and it's eating a wide variety of foods, controlling portion size, being active, and what I tell folks is to eat well, most of the time. If you want to have a new Twinkie every once in a while, it's okay. Down the Twinkie, yeah. So it, it's about moderation. And I think that's what dieting has taken away from our culture is that it's either an obsession with a particular type of food or a pattern of eating. And Americans spend around $40 billion every year on diet programs, meals, supplements, and wow. food fads. So it's, 
it's not a message of moderation. It's a message of all or nothing in some cases, and I, I think that's relatively dangerous. So it, it's you know, moderation isn't very sexy, but it certainly is the key to good health. Yeah, and $40 billion is a pretty good motivation to keep everyone wondering about their body type. Exactly, and I've seen some crazy diets. I don't know if you remember, but um, there's been some research lately about some of the most interesting fad diets. One was called the Sleeping Beauty Diet of the <laughs> 1970s, where you would literally put yourself to sleep for three days, oh, and you wouldn't man. be able to eat. Or um, Slumber Party Barbie from the mid-1960s that came along with a diet book that said, don't eat. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Slumber, bar- that Slumber Party Barbie. So the whole image, the whole idea is, yeah, you can look like Barbie. Just don't eat. Just don't eat. Well, that wouldn't cause any problems. Oh, no, not at all. And, my, and then so. that came from your grandma that's like, yeah, this, you'll love this one. You could have gotten well, the go-to-corporate work Barbie. But instead, you got the don't eat Barbie. No, the don't eat Barbie, exactly. And what's oh. interesting is that all of those messages are internalized. And you can see how this developed in the mid-60s, and now those individuals have become parents, and they can send that message on to their children right now. So it can be very cyclical within families. And is this, I mean, talk about a little bit about some of the other disorders that come from this, the bulimia, the anorexia. I mean, th- those are those are life changers. They are. And we have seen very serious eating disorders like anorexia nervosa, uh, which is essentially starvation by choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Bulimia nervosa, which is another eating disorder in which a person binges on high calorie foods and then purges them either through vomiting or heavy laxative use or both. And oftentimes that happens most often in adolescent girls because they're trying to you know, maintain this image of what they think is beautiful. But now we're starting to see those eating disorders develop in young men as well. Yeah. And um, so all of a sudden, this idea that, you know, this was just a girl's problem, that's not true. We uh, This is just now a youth problem and an adult it, problem. It starts in this youth. It, it, it does start in youth, and I've seen it carry over into adulthood. And it even happens in some very... Um, high-performing athletes or entertainers. I had been the uh, dietitian for the Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas in the late 1990s, Hmm. and those women were in incredible shape, but many of them still had some body image issues because of the type of profession that they chose to follow. Isn't that amazing? And they want to be, I mean, here they are, some of the greatest athletes around, and and by most people's regard, near perfect, but they, you know, they didn't like their backside, or, hey, my calves, I mean, they have calf implants. My calves aren't right. Um, that's what's weird is now we can actually make any part of you look, I guess, near perfect. You can. And I think we're starting to see that on programs like Toddlers and Tierras, which I covered two live Toddler and Tierra programs just to see what really occurs. And many of them have uh, fake tans, fake teeth, fake hair, everything to give this perception of overall flawlessness and beauty. And again, much of that is driven by the parent, of course, but um, it sends a message to children that participate as well as watch that this is what you should look like. So do whatever you have to do to look this way. And it just is going to, I mean, unless we as parents and uh, peers and people that watch the media, I guess, until we're willing to start approaching it differently, do you sense this is going to change? Or do you think it's just going to keep speeding up? 
I, I think with programs like Toddlers and Tierras and Honey Boo Boo that have such high ratings, yeah. until those ratings drop, the programs are going to stay on. But I think it does give us an opportunity to have those discussions with our youth about what body acceptance is all about. And I think the Girl Scouts have an excellent program to facilitate that and really have some lively discussions with uh, these kids that are at a sensitive age to really accept who they are and to promote the components of a healthy body image. That is, uh, I think, a core part that we're going to discuss when we, uh, we're going to take a break in a few minutes and come back. I want you to just start teaching us. What do we need to do as parents to, to, to really get the body acceptance message out there? It's so interesting to me because the whole body thing, it's not even about your talents. It's about a lot of things we're trying to control about our body we don't even have control over. You know, your, 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 your hip size, your hips are your hips. And yet, I guess we want to make them a certain size. And so is there, is there a point of this where um, that there's kind of an adequate amount? I mean, how do you measure if somebody's got body image or what are the signs that you know they have a body image issue? How do we well, know? Are... When, what, what's enough and what's just too much? You know, there are specific tests to do this, but if I'm, you know, talking to somebody and they're concerned about their child's self-esteem and their body image, typically you'll see comments from the child or you'll hear comments from the child about how fat they are, how dissatisfied they are. Um, They're only unpopular because they don't look a certain way. Mm. This is why you'll hear 16-year-olds ask for breast implants or nose jobs or something of that nature. So that's where we start getting into sort of the obsessive mode, is that, you know, every once in a while you'll hear an offhanded comment by a pubescent girl, especially um, as her body's starting to change with hormones, that she may be dissatisfied with a portion of her body. But when it becomes an everyday thing and you start getting into that yo-yo dieting realm, then they've really crossed the line. And yeah, I guess that's it too. You'd probably see it impacting their socializing. They're not, they're more preoccupied with their body than they are other talents they have or other things they've got to offer. It's true. And they will focus on their physicality rather and their appearance rather than on their skills or talents. Mm -hmm. That everything would be better if I just looked a certain way or I had a certain type of clothes or something of that that's very appearance-driven, rather than a skill or talent um, or academic achievement, which I really try to focus on, is that you can be beautiful and smart at the same time. Right. And some of the achievements aren't going to um, be so focused on your physicality. They're going to be focused more on your brains or your your rhythm or your timing or just your your hard work. And I think that's an important thing to instill in children is that life is more than just about physical appearance. Much of it has to do with talent and ability. So playing sports helps cultivate um, a healthier self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, participating in other activities that aren't necessarily appearance-driven. And also, you know, if you have a child that's very talented with dance or uh, gymnastics, that's great. But those are two pretty high uh, 
incidents of eating disorders and yeah. things like that because they're very appearance driven. No, exactly. And yeah, and 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 muscles are such a part of it. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Martina Cartwright, um, and uh, you can go check out her website, martinacartwright.com. She is a registered dietitian, a PhD in nutritional science at Wisconsin Madison University. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to get into the tools of body acceptance, how to cultivate a healthy body image where uh, we're not so obsessed with just the body, but maybe the whole person. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Listen to Notes from the Kennedy Center for insights from scholars, diplomats, and world leaders. I found that if we get together, if we share our strengths, if we pool our knowledge, if we get a very clear, simple focus and try to do something quite simple, that even those few simple actions which seem so little can have an extraordinary impact. Weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Authorities now believe speed was the main factor in a deadly train crash in Spain this morning, which killed 80 and injured at least 140 more. Based on security camera footage, the train was traveling at twice the speed limit around a tight corner when it derailed. Following revelations, he sent intimate texts to young women after resigning his Senate seat due to similar actions. New York City mayoral candidate Anthony Weiner has lost his lead among Democrats, dropping nine points behind Christine Quinn. Accused Cleveland kidnapper Ariel Castro is being offered a plea deal which does not include facing the death penalty. Castro is accused of holding three women captive for over a decade. If an agreement can be reached, it will reportedly be revealed in court tomorrow. Republicans in the Senate are working to preempt any offers to give Detroit a federal bailout after the city filed for municipal bankruptcy last week. At least three amendments to spending bills have been proposed, which would limit the government's ability to intervene with city's financial crises. A House of Representatives committee is advancing a measure to end mail delivery on Saturdays and eliminate direct-to-door service as part of an ongoing effort to help cut costs for the struggling agency. However, the bill will likely face stiff opposition in the Senate. In world news, Egypt's military leaders are threatening to turn their weapons on Islamist protesters who have been turning increasingly violent. An ultimatum has reportedly been sent to the Muslim Brotherhood demanding the party agree to a plan for political reconciliation. As part of a visit to a muddy slum in Brazil, Pope Francis encouraged Brazil's youth who have been protesting the status quo recently to keep their sensitivity towards injustice. He also criticized the world's wealthy for allowing such vast inequalities to exist. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are covering the topic of body image. How's your body image? Do you worry about, uh, you know, how everything maybe doesn't look quite right? Do you obsess about it? Can you can you get over it, or does it, do you, you just get stuck trying to think about how you could make your, your body better? Are you on steroids? Are you drinking a lot of the protein powders to get in shape? Um, do you... Uh, 
Do you make it a big deal? Do you always bring up food and eating around the people that you're with? And do your kids do any of this? Our kids are seriously impacted by body image. We've asked Dr. Martina Cartwright to join us. And Dr. Cartwright has been doing this for a long time, more than 17 years of medical education, scientific research, and clinical experience on this subject. She's earned a Ph.D. in nutritional science and biomolecular chemistry from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Uh, She's also an adjunct faculty member at the University of Arizona. She's a registered dietitian and uh, the owner of Beacon Science Incorporated in Scottsdale, Arizona. You can check her out on her website, Martina Cartwright. Go learn about her uh, her work. You can go read some of her articles there and her consulting services. She's really a, a wonderful resource for us. Uh, Dr. Cartwright, thank you, and welcome back. Thank you. So good to have you. As we uh, as we kind of go to this last segment, I'd love to hear, we've talked a lot about the problem of body image, how it happens, the influences from media, from even our own parenting can influence it, the peer pressure from others. How do we cultivate a healthier body image with our children and with ourselves? How do we go about fixing the issue? Well, essentially, the first thing to focus on to create a healthy body image is to convey an accurate mental picture of not only your own body, but, you know, of your child's body as well. So positive, confident, self-caring feelings towards yourself are very important. So sort of things like self-affirmations and so forth, but having a very realistic view of what the physical body looks like Mm. and that worthiness is not equivalent to what the media thinks you should look like. So I, I think that's really important. So don't and, and tie the, your worth to kind of the media standard of image. Exactly. And I, I think that's one of the most important things that we can convey to our youth is that you are worth something. It doesn't really matter what you look like, hmm. that you are worth something because not only are you a human being, but also because you have skills and talents that are unique to you. Yeah. So it really, you want to tie, you want to, you want to kind of influence them by making sure that they see accurately who they are, but not just only focused on the body, but focused on your gifts, your character strengths, your talents, all, all of you. Right. And what I usually recommend is that once a month you sit down with your child and you ask them to write out five things that they really like about themselves that are not related to what they look like. And they might say, you know, silly things like, I like to draw, you know, I like the way I draw pictures, Mm -hmm. or I like the way that I'm able to talk to other kids, something like that. But it should be a skill, a talent, or a gift that isn't physically related. And even adults can do this, too. I recommend that people write down five things that they like about themselves. That's such a great idea. It seems like, though, as parents, what we tend to highlight is we tend to highlight more of the tangible things, more of the physical things. Oh, your eyes are so beautiful. Or, you know, you're so strong instead of you, you work so hard. You have so, much, you have so much character. You're so nice to your brothers and sisters. Well, and this is part of the socialization, too. I mean, with the new royal baby being born, they were talking about how beautiful he is. And I'm sure he, he is yeah. a beautiful baby. Well, all babies but are. <laughs> most babies yeah. are. I mean, there's a few. But Come it on. it goes back to, you know, what is that message going to be later on if he's constantly told, you right. know, he's handsome or whatnot that... It, it does have an impact, and I'm not saying not to you right. know, focus on some of the appearance stuff, but don't make that the forefront of uh, compliments with the child, or even for an adult. That is, and that is a hard thing. It's almost like we're kind of lazy complimenters. 
we we just go for the obvious instead of digging a little bit deeper to get into their real core, their real nature. Well, and and the media doesn't help either because you think about some of the shows, and you had mentioned this with all the infomercials, but you know, keeping up with the Kardashians, oh, uh, the yeah. toddler uh, infant tears programs, the Biggest Loser. I mean, I could go on, and all these reality-based shows that aren't really real mm-hmm. that focus on appearance, but not skill, academics, and even with our sports, it's just very disappointing to see some of our best athletes choosing to use steroids or something of that nature and being rewarded for that financially. But the stigma that's attached to that, I think, should be also explained to the child or um, youth that, you know, this person is, has a great talent. They just chose another path. And I really, you know, think that that's an important message to deliver to kids. Yeah, and we've had a lot of that, even with um, Lance Armstrong. I mean, there's a lot you can teach that even how it's impacted him and how people trust him less and how, I mean, there are shortcuts to body image and the sense of self-worth, but the shortcuts aren't really self-worth. Well, and look at what the media has done to, to him and other athletes and others that have been shunned. So once they've been caught cheating, everything that they've worked for to build up their ego and their body image has fallen by the wayside. Yeah. They've it, lost their endorsements and other things that they put value on. So they're left with themselves and their families and their friends. Yeah. And the same body. And the same body. Well, actually, probably worse because they've been doping it or whatever. So um, tell me some more. What are some other ways that we as parents or just people, adults that are dealing with our issue, our weight, what are some some other ways to make sure we're cultivating a healthy body image? Well, that leads perfectly into what I was going to mention about self-care, is that self-care is one of the first components of four to help promote a healthy body image. So self-care means, you know, being moderately active but also having the ability to rest and relax a little bit. I mean, oftentimes, you know, we have vacation interruptus. We're out on vacation, and 60% of people choose to continue working during their vacation. But we really need to take time to rest, relax, pay attention to health issues, um, find clothing that fits your body type, and just choosing to eat healthier most of the time but not holding yourself to these unrealistic expectations of either um, dieting or exercise. So self-care is that first component. And, you know, staying away from drugs that can harm the body, such as steroids or growth hormones. Well, and then all of these uh, stimulant diet pills that are people are taking. Yes, the stimulant diet pills, the um, energy drinks. Uh, there's a new coffee out called Death Wish that has over 600 milligrams of caffeine per cup. Oh, that sounds so, great. Yeah, doesn't that sound wonderful? The, the great title, too, for the, the coffee. But Can I get a double you know, death wish, please? That is crazy. But it's just stimulant, stimulant. Just I mean, that'll help. Exactly. And it goes back to, again, moderation, which isn't very sexy, but I, I said to one of my clients the other day, I said, instead of really focusing on that word, maybe a better word would be self-care. Yeah. And just focusing on caring for yourself and not feeling selfish for doing so. And and understand, I guess, too, that, you know, my, my body needs a whole different type of care. I mean, maybe some generals are, are the same, but I might need more sleep than others need, or I might need more exercise, or I might just need uh, certain foods don't help me and, and, and don't 
make my body function properly. I mean, it's really like figure out your own needs. Exactly. And your needs are going to change. I mean, body image is one thing that fluctuates with time. So the way that you may have felt about yourself when you were a teenager is very different now. Or for a woman when she's pregnant or um, having hormonal changes, it's her, she'll feel very differently about her body during those times. And it just sort of fluctuates. But mm. the key is just, as you said, taking care of yourself. And if you need more sleep or you need a little bit more activity or you know, uh, pumping iron at three o'clock in the morning is not your thing. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good exercise program. No. So. I, I like pumping donuts about three in the morning. I don't know why. I just got to get up and have a little snack to get me through the rest of the night. D- does um, Talk about the metrics, because it seems like, too, a lot of people get caught up in, in a number, like their weight. They do. And I rarely weigh my patients. Rarely. Really? Because I just say, look, fat weighs less than muscle. Muscle, it takes up less space. So the more muscle mass you have, the more you're going to weigh. So I tell people, you know, um, how do your clothes fit? Tell me if you um, have a little bit of loosening in your jeans or if you see some movement there. So I rarely weigh people. And um, I really encourage, again, nourishing your body with small, frequent meals throughout the day. That's all part of self-care is that you have to nourish the body with food and nourish your mind. Yeah. That's interesting about the way my wife wouldn't even, didn't even want to scale in the house because it's, she just knew as a young girl, it got, she got hung up on it. And she get, you get hung up on the number like it matters. So forever, we didn't have a scale in the house just because she wa- she'd rather go by, do the clothes fit? Does she feel good about how she feels instead of just some you know random number? And then there's the BMI index, which seems to be making everybody mad. Yeah, the BMI is not very accurate, but yet they're using it as a primary way to screen people. Now that I think it's Penn State University wants to screen their employees. Oh, um, really? BMI in order to uh, determine risk for insurance and so forth. And that's becoming more common. Huh that either you get on the scale, you're going to have to pay extra money every month. And I know CVS uh, recently had something like that as well. So a BMI is sort of a misnomer. I mean, some of my college students that play football or play sports are off the charts. Yeah, BMI, I bet they are. But they're incredibly muscular. And these are the guys that drink a gallon of milk and uh, eat a <laughs> bunch of bananas while they're watching films for, for uh, football. So. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but they're seen on the chart as morbidly obese, but they're playing exactly. college ball. Which is why I choose not to weigh them. It's like, you know, yeah. if you're muscular, you're strong, um, yeah. and, and that's the important, and fit. And fit you. is part of the deal. Yeah, you've got to also be able to deliver on what your life demands. So you've got to be healthy enough, fit enough to actually get stuff done. Right. And that brings up the next thing is uh, related to self-confidence, which is another one of the buckets to build self-esteem is power and strength and self-defense, because you'll feel much more confident if you're more physically active, if you're able to walk. Um, resisting negative images and messages from, and even people, very negative people that are constantly obsessing about their appearance um, can really do a number on your self-confidence. So oh, yeah. I often tell people, take a media break so you're not watching some of these ridiculous shows, <laughs> and then take a break from people that are just inherently unhappy with themselves. I mean, nobody needs to hear those unhappy messages. And they keep bringing up weight, they keep bringing up body, or they can't stop exercising. I mean, it seems like exercise could be a great thing until you become so obsessed with it, then you're just you're just spreading the negativity of it. 
Right. And it, uh, in fact, some studies have shown that endurance athletes who overdo it um, have a uh, lower uh, lifespan. Really? Because of a higher inflammation rate. So, you know, again, it goes back to that old adage of, of uh, moderation. Man. Talk about the uh, No Fat Fridays. Yeah, the No Fat Fridays. I usually recommend this for my college students, particularly if they're in dorms or if they live in sorority or fraternity houses, where on Fridays they're not allowed to say anything negative about their bodies. They're not allowed to say anything like, uh, "If you eat, are you really going to eat that? Or if you eat that, that's going to make you fat. So just avoiding fat talk. So I think No Fat Fridays is a good way to start. And you can even do that at home. It's where, you know, if you recognize that you do have an issue with your your body image and you think that you're sending negative messages to your child, really make an effort to be more of a positive messenger. I, I think that's that's a very powerful thing. Plus, Friday's the day you go out on a date. You might even splurge a little bit. And so having to battle it without bringing up the negativity might be an interesting little duality in that day. Right, right. And that brings up uh, self concept, you know, the whole idea of self-awareness and being aware of, of what you're eating and who you're with and valuing yourself. And uh, this means resisting negative environmental messages. So go on a media diet, have that No Fat Friday, and um, those are other ways to boost your self-confidence. That's amazing. Yeah, and watch who you're with. Like, there might just be certain people, it might, you might even notice it when you go home from school or, or you're from college, and you might notice that, man, my parents talk a lot about my weight. I once had an aunt that saw me after a while, and she's like, woo! You let yourself go. And I'm like, I just looked at her and I thought, well, you're old. Okay, you're old. And your hair is blue. So be quiet. I was so mad. I'm like, but I'm thinking, wow, uh, I haven't been getting those messages. And, and years for... later, you remember that comment. Yeah. And I think that's an important observation is that be aware of other people's disappointment in their own bodies and how they reflect that upon you. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. When you, I mean, you really don't want to go down in history as being the 80 or 90 year old grandma obsessed with your weight. You don't, but I will tell you that lately I've been seeing this a lot, and this is a condition where we'll have patients that have been diagnosed with catastrophic illnesses like cancer, or I had a woman who lost her husband and she just stopped eating, and people were going up to her and telling her how great she looked because she lost so much weight. <sighs> And she was thrilled about this. And this yeah. is something that we're starting to see more as registered dietitians that work with patients that have suffered catastrophic illnesses is that they're getting compliments because they've lost weight. Yeah. Never mind that it's due to cancer or yeah. something like they're that. They're terminal. Never mind that. But, oh, isn't that, that's such an irony, isn't it? The end of our life, somebody's suffering, and now we're like, you've never looked better. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said about, you know, the 80 or 90-year-old person that's obsessed about their weight. We have women that age that, you know, are now in bikinis because they're skinny enough. Yeah. Now we can. Now we can. Now we can. Doesn't mean we should always. Hey, uh, Dr. Cartwright, give us, we have about one more minute, but will you give us um, kind of, as you think about everything that's involved with self-image and body image, what do, what do you think is the one thing that makes the biggest difference? I think the biggest difference are the people that you're, you are with and the messages that they send to you. And for children, that's their parents. Parents are the biggest influencers. Um, coaches and other important adults in their lives. So aunts, uncles, you remember that comment that your aunt made yeah. to you. So 
just really focusing and concentrating on what you're saying around children and that if you do happen to comment about your weight or your diet or something like that, then sit down and have a discussion with the child in their own terms so that they understand a little bit more about why that comment was made and that they don't internalize it themselves. I think it's an important way to have a discussion. I think you're right on. And I think, too, you could make such a difference in their lives. Giving them a a sense of self-worth. We've been talking with Martina M. Cartwright. You can go find her website, martinacartwright.com. It's a great resource there to get uh, some information about her consulting services, some of her articles, and just find out more about this. Dr. Cartwright, thank you so much for your insight into body image. Thank you. And take care. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be wrapping up the show Really powerful stuff. We play a huge part in the lives of our children and how they see their own bodies and their own sense of self-worth. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. A high-tech fish farm off the coast of Hawaii may point to a sustainable future for ocean harvests. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Morning. 70 miles out on the lee side of the big island of hawaii but instead of a fishing boat with nets or long lines full of hooks we see a schooner tied up to a 132 square meter floating ball of a cage drifting in the open pacific a hose snakes out from a boat to the sphere pouring hundreds of kilos of illinois soybeans into the cage this is the valella project a new more sustainable approach to ocean fish farming Demand for fish is causing depletion of wild stocks, and attempts to raise fish in fenced-in areas close to shore have problems with pollution and health of the fish. The Valella Project changes the game by letting gigantic, spherical cages of fish drift in the open ocean, far from reefs and land, until the fish inside are ready to become tasty kampachi sashimi. Natural eddy currents downwind of Big Island let the drifting cage circulate offshore in clean water, tracked by a GPS beacon, and fed from a service vessel with custom protein fish food. The fish grow fast and large at sea, without measurable environmental disruption. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just finished a great interview with Dr. Martina Cartwright about our body image. And during the break, we just started talking about bacon. On the body image show. No, no, no relation. It just naturally, organically well, yeah, came I mean, up. you could bring up anything. We could be saying, Matt, it's so true. We need to teach our kids about their body image. And instead, we're saying... Hey, I cooked bacon three days ago, and I still smell like bacon. <laughs> People would be surprised how much we talk about bacon it's on the show. It's a big deal on the show. Yeah. It's almost – I think we cite bacon more than even unicorns. Have you ever had bacon Well, considering of none of us cite unicorns unicorn ever. and <laughs> I see them all the time. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, unicorn bacon's expensive. Oh, it's, it's about really uh, $19 a pound. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and, and they're it's very hard to lean. find. Unicorns are very it, lean animals. You want to cook unicorn bacon in the microwave. Yeah, Yeah. wrapped in paper towels. Um, So at at this point of the show, we always like to turn to Colonel Sanders, who, um, not the the chicken, 
but our own very wonderful executive producer, Rob Sanders, and he has got some viewer questions. Scouring the internet for the herbs and spices of good questions. <laughs> this one comes from a 29-year-old whose uh, husband uh, thinks he's too fat. Hmm. He started off with a size 38 jean size. He's now down to a size 30. Whoa. He still nicknames himself uh, Fat Man. Fat Man. See, he's using the fat word, which Dr. Cartwright says, don't be using that. Once you're using the fat word, it's a sign. She says every time he goes to the grocery store, he uses the little machine that measures your body fat percentage, and it's down to 16%. And he says, oh, I got to get that number down. Wow. He works out. He diets. He lifts. He runs. She doesn't know how to tell him he's fine. In fact, he needs to stop because he's all skin and bones now. And in the process, the stress of trying to deal with it, she says she's gained 20 pounds. Really? Yeah. A transfer of weight. Isn't that interesting, though? That's a pretty good example of a system. A lot of our relationships are systems. Usually, and I think I've mentioned this before, when I see one spouse that doesn't ever do home or housework, I hear I have another one that feels like she does everything. When I have a spender, I have a saver. So now when I have somebody dieting, you might actually be subconsciously fighting the diet and eating more, maybe because it's causing stress. Also, and this is what uh, Dr. Cartwright brought up earlier, uh, tied to all of this is this fairly profound sense of who we are. And he apparently, if he was calling himself fat, was probably not happy with himself. And he believes once he gets to this supposed, I guess, ideal weight, he'll eventually be happy. Um, But interestingly, her identity is tied to it as well. So this is the systems we create as couples where, you know, you're losing weight, which makes me kind of notice that I'm not and I'm not as into it as you are. And it, it becomes problematic. Now, I would it sounds like he's starting to now enter into this obsessing phase where it's just too much, she feels. What do you do? Um, I guess I'd point it out. I'd surface it. I'd say, I'm not sure that I'm happy as you're just starting to be more and more obsessed with your weight. And I don't know how to convince you that I think you're great otherwise. One of the things we did talk about is don't make it about the weight. Make it about his hard work, his character, his integrity. And But I would full on, if I was this woman, surface the fact that it's funny. The more happy – or the not even happy, but the more he's obsessing with his weight, the less happy she's becoming. So can we talk about that? And I'd see if he'd be willing to bring it out. There's probably not another way to fix it except talking and surfacing. I don't feel happy. I'm happy you're losing weight, but – I don't see you getting happier. That's actually a pretty good sign. If you're not becoming happier as you're becoming more and more disciplined in your own weight and your health, then you probably can know that the problem's not your weight. The problem is just maybe your own level of happiness is something else. So that's it. That's that's my only advice uh, for this wonderful lady. Can I get a – yes, another angel got wings. And uh, you got another one for me, Robbie? We okay. Got a few Question number two comes from a retired athlete. He's in pretty good shape. Retired professional athlete? No, just a you know, little college. Scrapper. College and high school. Scrapper. And, but uh, a person who considers himself still in pretty good yeah. fitness and sports. He says his girlfriend is more average, you know, maybe, maybe even average. You know, a, few, a few extra pounds. But normal. He, he says she's fine. The problem is because she's dating an athlete, yeah. she's taking it hard on herself. And so she uh, – all the time he says vocalizes her envy of him and how he looks like. 
And uh, so to turn it around, he compliments her and how attractive she is as much as he can. Yeah. And he's very sincere about it. Once in a while, she'll bring up wanting to lose some weight. So to, just to be supportive, he, he'll, he'll support her in it. But he says, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to be overbearing or to yeah. guilt her into it. I just want to be a, a supportive partner. But it's now getting to the point where he'll come home and just ask an innocent question like, oh, how was your day? What would you do today? Oh, boy. Yeah, and she thinks it's a backhanded insult. You're calling me fat? See, interesting. Again, notice how subtle this is. Is The the last uh, caller, or the last question was the husband, the guy that still needed more, needed more, needed more. And now here's a woman that thinks that every question is about her weight. A lot of our weight issues, they're ours. They're our, they're our own self-worth. They're our own sense of who we are. And um, again, I, I think the answer to this one, to both of these, is we have to surface that, look, you're not happy with yourself. And even if I think you're beautiful and I tell you you're beautiful forever, if you don't believe me, eventually I'm going to quit saying it. I mean, by the way, I wouldn't quit saying it just because she doesn't seem to believe it. But our natural instinct is she's not believing what I say anyway, so it doesn't matter what I say. At some point, though, this woman doesn't feel good about herself. And the weird thing about being married to an athlete is it induces a lot of guilt because they're constantly doing stuff. They're constantly working out. What I would try to do, though, is find a way that we could be together on something um, so that find out what she likes. If she likes talking, if she likes hanging out, hanging out, being friends, going on hikes, go do the hikes. Go be together. Go talk. But in the end, I don't know. People, we have to learn to be happy by ourselves. Um, if you're not happy with yourself, it doesn't matter who you marry. And it doesn't matter if they lose weight or if they don't. If you're worried about your husband's weight and it embarrasses you, that's your problem. Okay? It's your problem. Um, or if you worry that they're an athlete and they're not going to eventually want you anymore, that's those concerns are also your problem. At some point, we can only do what we can do. So that's uh, let's put a little set of angel wings on that one. There it is. Another angel got their wings and a a protein powder boost. Uh, This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks again for joining us again. Remember, self-image and body image, it's you're a great person and you're not just your weight. You've also got a lot of principles, a lot of character traits that are just as important as parents. Let's go out there and make sure our kids know who they are and let's take care of them. This is to take care of them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on BYU Radio. Thank you.